DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined by Dan Feldman, NBA writer for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought currently. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Dan, good morning. Hey, how you doing? Good. So, let's get the pick right out of the way. I'm curious. Suns, Bucks, what are you thinking? Both for game one and the series, just in case it's different. Uh, I think the Suns are going to win, and I'd take uh, the Suns for, for both of those. Uh, I think the Suns are, are playing at a little bit of a higher level right now. And, I, you know, this is a little bit of a cop-out, but with Giannis's health, right, I don't think he's going to play game one. Uh, not sure we'll see him back in the series necessarily. Uh, so I think that sways me toward Phoenix more comfortably. I think it'd be a real tough pick if Giannis were healthy. Uh, I hope he gets there. I hope we get that fun series I envision uh, with both teams at full strength. Uh, I just think it's unlikely Milwaukee gets to that point. So the Suns' success that they've had is sort of out of left field to a good degree in terms of getting to the finals, have not made the playoffs in 11 seasons, but they're expected to be better. I don't know if they're expected to be this better. Does this send a message to the NBA as far as uh, keep plugging away and maybe you can strike gold? Uh, I hope so. And it's not just plugging away, right? When they made that move to trade for Chris Paul, a lot of people were skeptical. They gave up a first-round pick, and people said, oh, you know, like congratulations, maybe you'll make the first round or lose there. Uh, there's something, too. I, I always thought they'd be better than that. I thought they'd be a, a pretty good playoff team and not necessarily win a series, but have a, a real chance to. Uh, they've caught us a break, no question, right? Like uh, the, the Lakers uh, with injuries, Anthony Davis and LeBron was, was not at full strength. And you get the, the, the Nuggets with, without Jamal Murray and just throughout the playoffs. They, they've uh, been on the fortunate side, although, you know, Chris Paul had coronavirus, so it's not like it's been perfect for Phoenix. But there's something, too. Be good and give yourself a chance to catch those breaks. How many teams uh, have spent years just saying, "Hey, you know what? We don't want to just sneak into the playoffs. We don't, you know, we we'd rather tank." Uh, you know, we're at that point where we're not ready to push in our chips. We don't think we've got a good chance at a championship. Oh, the Warriors are too good, or you know, whoever the team du jour is is too good. We don't have a chance. Give yourself a chance. Uh, not every team is going to catch those breaks, but man, how satisfying is it when you do? So as you uh, wait for the finals here, and they could be over real quick, as you point out, if, uh, if Giannis isn't going to play. Maybe I'm underestimating the Bucks there. But the offseason is looming here for the Utah Jazz. And there's the whole talk about Conley. I think most people come down on the side of they got to bring Mike Conley back because if they don't, they're going to lose the money. But I think there's also awareness that bringing Mike back brings back the threat of injuries that have haunted him the last two years. So where do you stand on all of that? I don't see a feasible way for the Jazz to get a better player, and that's including the injury risk. It's there. It's real. Uh, I don't know a better solution uh, in just in terms of making the team as strong as possible than re- trying your best to re-sign Conley and hoping for the best health-wise. Uh, to me, that's far better than getting a lesser player, far lesser player with the mid-level exception, who even if he's healthy is not going to be uh, – yeah. Okay, and I agree with all that, but what do you prioritize as other needs, too? Uh, I think the Jazz need a, a, 
the, the ability to be more versatile, and I'd look first at backup center. Uh, Derek Favors, uh, I had some moments last year, but especially as it got deeper in the playoffs, you know, I just saw somebody who stylistically uh, couldn't change how the Jazz play and also just very clearly was far worse than Rudy Gobert. Uh, so I, I think there's room to upgrade there and get the ability to adapt to different styles, right? When the Clippers went small, uh, that gave uh, Utah a lot of problems. Uh, and to a certain degree, yeah. Your role with your best player as his best player, uh, but sometimes it's helpful to be able to play different ways, and I, I think Utah can address that through backup center. We've heard a lot about the middle class really getting squeezed in the NBA as the massive guaranteed deals and the supermax deals come online. Are there guys who are kind of in that mid range who are going to get squeezed and could be a value play? That, of course, at that point, the Jazz aren't the only team battling to get them, but you get the point. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's one that now because of the super X contracts didn't exist before. Not slightly calculate that. Uh, that middle Donovan Mitchell would have gotten if there were no max. Uh, and he is not even like the very best of the very best. I think he could have drawn more. And so that, that leaves more money to pay for everybody else. I think that's often uh, where, where uh, you end up overpaying uh, for, for some of these players in that range. But if you're a team like the Jazz, again, it's not much money to spend. It's very easy for me to spend. If you're just trying to maximize the roster, it's not going to be value Dan you're breaking up uh, you're breaking up pretty badly if you can call us back on another line or move to a window or something uh, we're, we're only catching a portion of what you're saying y'all can work on that y'all can work on that with Dan and we'll see if we can get him back on with a better line that's an interesting thing on the backup center you know, that's a Dennis Lindsay thing. And uh, how much? How many more years does Derek Favors have? And, you know, I, I look at in the uh, clinching game for the Suns, Sarich hit a couple threes. And it just seemed like, man, that was a huge plus. You know, he's the backup center to Aiton. And all he did was just take a couple threes, and they went in. And somehow it seemed like it was a huge lift. Well, depending on when they come in a game, they are. I mean, that's the it thing. It was early. Right. First but if half. It's momentum, if it's confidence, it's you can't just look at a box score. You have to watch the game and be feeling it as it happens. But some of them are huge confidence boosts. And, and there are plenty of teams who think, hey, we're pretty even here, but when we go to our bench, we're going to get these guys. And there's a lot of confidence that comes from that. And if you think, hey, we might be in trouble when we go to our bench, but if someone hits a couple of threes and you trade points or maybe even go on a run, it is a huge boost. But the Jazz don't have any center who can hit a three. Right. So they have to get one. And so that's the thing. How versatile can you make your team? And when you're looking at uh, contracts, favors, uh, makes $9.7 million next year. And then has a player option for ten million the year after. He's twenty nine years old right now. If you're going to move guys on the roster, 
I don't think they have a roster where you're going to move much because you just create a hole when you move somebody. But if I had to guess, I'm thinking, okay, that might that may be a guy. If you need a center, we saw it in New Orleans. They were way better when they had him when the, than when they didn't. So is that something? I mean, we got we kind of have a new guy calling the shots, except he's been there and he's had a loud voice, but now he's got the voice. So it makes for an interesting offseason because we can't really predict where this is going to go. All right, we got Dan Feldman back now and hopefully got a little better line. So, Dan, you want to uh, just pick up that point there about uh, you were making about uh, favors and the Jazz and backup centers. Oh, so, I, you know, I think backup center is a place where the Jazz definitely have room to upgrade. Uh, I, I wasn't so impressed with where Favors was by the end of the year into the playoffs. To me, he just looked like a worse version of Rudy Gobert in a lot of ways, had a lot of uh, limitations, but obviously not nearly the same strength. Uh, so I think backup center is a place where the Jazz can both upgrade uh, and also get the ability to play different styles, be more adaptable. Obviously, usually you want to have your best players on the floor, and that's Rudy Gobert. But there are going to be times, like against the Clippers, when, when they went small and gave the Jazz a lot of problems, there are going to be times where you want to play different styles. And I think backup center is a place that the, the Jazz can get a reasonable player. Not going to be a good but somebody who can work favors and provide that adaptability. How about be able to hit some threes because they don't have that out of their big man now? Yeah, that'd be a big part of it. Uh, it's offensively like that, too, but it's also defensively. Rudy Colbert is an excellent defender. He is at his best when he's in the paint. Uh, he loses some of his value when he's on the perimeter. He can hold his own. I'm not one of these people who believes, oh, he gets played off the court all the time in the playoffs or anything like that. But there are times where there's, there's some players who can play center, who can hold up there in smaller lineups, uh, who are just a little bit more fleet of foot, better moving on the perimeter, uh, better on that defensive end in those matchups. So there's been a lot of talk about wing players for the Jazz and that they need someone who's got some size and some athletic ability and then make enough threes, maybe bring them along as a three-point shooter. How much would you value that? Uh, it'd be great. Uh, the whole league values that, though, unfortunately, for, for the Jazz. That, that is the premium uh, spot to fill, to get an athletic and skilled wing. The Jazz have one in Donovan Mitchell. Obviously, he's, he's a little smaller than, than who you're talking about, uh, the, the guy you want. But those players are, are so hard to find, so hard to get. Uh, and the Jazz are, are going to be limited to the mid-level exception. It's going to be tough to get that style of player because uh, there just aren't that many of them around the league. And the ones who are, are for that reason, very highly valued. So Damian Lillard has a massive contract, and he's a massive talent for sure. Do you think there's any way he would get moved? If he wants to. Uh, that's how the NBA works out. If he wants to get traded, he will. Uh, I'm going to take him at, you know, at, at his word. He's talked about staying with one team. So I think he's a little frustrated at this moment. Everything hasn't gone to plan. Uh, I, so I, I think it's highly unlikely, but sure, there's a chance. Doesn't seem more likely with four years left on his deal that with the coaching change, he gives it a shot for a couple of years and then he's moved with two years left on his deal? Or is that old school thinking after watching the way Chris Paul's been bounced around the league by the Rockets, the Thunder, and now to the Suns? You know, it's, it's different than Chris Paul uh, because Chris Paul, you know, when he engineered the moves himself, uh, it wasn't with so much time left. He didn't want the Rockets 
to trade. Well, maybe he did by that point, but he wasn't you know, forcing a trade, demanding a trade. The Rockets were the were the real impetus there. They wanted to get rid of him. Uh, the Trailblazers don't want to get rid of Damian Lillard, no way, and they do have some leverage uh, because of that. So much of this is really about uh, the star's stomach for doing this, right? If Damian Lillard really wants to be traded and is willing to make a mess and make things difficult on the Trailblazers and not be the great leader he was and not be the great teammate he was, yeah, he can probably get traded. A lot of players don't want to do that. That's not their mindset, and that's so far from what Damian Lillard's mindset has been. Does Kawhi go back to the uh, Clippers? I think that's most likely. Uh, there's no signal I've seen in any direction stronger than just two years ago he chose the Clippers. He could have gone anywhere, and he chose the Clippers. Obviously, it hasn't worked out as well as anybody there would have hoped, uh, but has it been so bad that he's ready to leave? I doubt it, uh, but it's at least possible. Once you hit free agency, you have options. What happens with the Mavericks? Because obviously you got Luka Doncic there, awesome, but you got a new coach, you got a new GM, you got the ability to create some serious cap space. What are they going to do? It's kind of a bummer for them in that they've been uh, saving up to have this cap space the last year before you know, Luka Doncic is going to be on that, that Supermax contract and so highly paid. You have him on that cheap rookie scale contract. This is your opportunity to get cap space. And Giannis signs his extension. Kawhi Leonard, who we just talked about, is probably going to stay. I mean, I'm sure you make a run at him. This, this free agent class hasn't panned out as hoped. But Tim Hardaway Jr., Played very well for them, gave them good minutes. A lot of their cap space is based on him leaving, his big salary coming off the bus. Their best option might end up just being re-signing him. That'd be disappointing, uh, but you got to make the best of the situation. Yeah, that's interesting there with that situation as far as what they're going to be able to do because even though the kid is young, it seems like there's a lot of intense pressure to get better immediately as if he's running out of time. And what is he, 22? Maybe not. I don't even know if he's 23. So it seems like, you know, when you look at somebody like Chris Paul, who doesn't get to the finals until his 16th year, it seems kind of silly that Dallas is under this pressure. But at least that's my perception of it from the outside. Yeah, I read the pressure a little differently. The pressure isn't he's running out of time. The pressure is that the window's open already because he's so good when so young. Uh, sometimes teams mistime it. Uh, Luka Doncic is ready to lead a team deep into the playoffs. They just need to get the players around him. I also think some of the pressure comes from they already made their move for a second star, and it hasn't worked. Christoph Porzingis is not playing on that level. It's frustrating him. It's frustrating Doncic. It's frustrating everybody. Uh, the problem is he's on this high salary, so it makes it harder to get somebody else. The Mavericks gave up a couple first-round picks to get them. Those are assets they can't use to get somebody else. Uh, so I think the pressure just comes from the frustration that, uh-oh, like this, this, the first plan hasn't worked. That makes it harder to get to the second plan. By the time you, you let the first plan, if you're just going to let it run its course, then maybe Doncic is even more frustrated. Uh, but I, I think the pressure is more generally optimistic. It's about the window being open because Doncic is so good. So the Grizzlies should be better because they're young. The Warriors should be better because they're healthy. How much better are those teams going to be, and can they make a Suns-like leap? Suns-like leap is tough. That's that's a high bar. Both teams definitely can be better. Uh, The Warriors were pretty darn good this year when they weren't playing James Wiseman uh, and maybe a couple other players who, who didn't belong in the rotation. The Suns the, the, or the, the Warriors is a, is a framework there, right? Steph Curry is awesome. Draymond Green can still dial it up at times. It's a question how often he can as he gets older, uh, but they should be pretty good. The Grizzlies, 
uh, you know, they, they've got to decide how fast they want to accelerate. Because some of the reason they were good, of course, is they're you know super young players, uh, especially John Morant. Some of it is they've had uh, a couple solid veterans, especially uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Do you want to keep relying on him? Uh, by the time John Morant is peaking, uh, Jonas Valanciunas might not be in his prime anymore. Uh, so you do, do you want to try, where do you want to time it? Do you want to have everything come together when John Morant is at his peak? Uh, then maybe that means you know trading Jonas Valanciunas, getting something for him, a younger player who, who's better timed with Moran, or do you want to try and be better now? Uh, but both those teams, however they go, uh, both the Warriors and Grizzlies should be in that playoff mix next year. Well, Dan, before we get to next year, we got the finals this year. So enjoy them. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you again as the offseason heats up. Thanks for having me. Dan Feldman, NBA writer for NBC Sports, Pro Basketball Talk. You can read him there. DJ and PK will get you up to speed on this show next. Anything you missed, we'll catch you up. Stay with us. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30, presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON, on your home of the best college football coverage in Utah. 975-1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. The Top 1660 is back in the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 130 as Hans and Scotty announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the Top 1660 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness right here on the Zone Sports Network. All right, time to get you up to speed. If you're joining the show late, stuff we have been talking about. Obviously, the big story is the game tonight. It's the Bucks and it's the Suns. It's game one. And with Giannis Antetokounmpo listed as doubtful, it is easy to default to the Suns are going to win this game. Agreed. And the Suns are going to win this series. But this whole playoff run, to me, people want to say, oh, it's defined by the injury, and that's fine. But it's also defined by what we would consider no-name dudes having great games coming out of nowhere. So what role player goes I mean, off? Because Sam Merrill hits 10 threes. See? That would be great. He goes for 32 points, all on threes. That wouldn't be good math, but I get your point. Well, that one, they rescinded it later because his toe was on the line. That would be the 11th one. And then he'd be down to 10. And a two. And you're sucking the end of this. <laughs> that's, the, that's exactly So really on. what has to happen here is they've got three days off for game three. Is Antetokounmpo going to be ready by the weekend? If they go to best case for the Bucks, he's out a couple games. They find a way to win one of them because of what you say. Role player goes off. And they go to Milwaukee 1-1 and they get Giannis back. Milwaukee would sign off on that right now. No question. Yeah, it goes uh, Sunday, I think, is game three. Right. Thursday's game two. Uh, but, yeah, just his presence back, though. We saw Mike Conley come back, and he wasn't he it wasn't was, enough, right? He wasn't yeah. anything yeah. compared to what he was. He had a bad game. So just because you're back, I mean, that gives you a psychological lift, but you have to produce. So And the Suns, they're going to say, hey, so what, man? Chris Paul was out for two games. That's what they should say. Against the Clippers yeah, for the even COVID. if he wasn't. Right. And he had the shoulder in the first round. He's clearly limited in 
Two or three games and then he there. Got hip checked and face checked by Demarcus Cousins on that one. No, he banished really, Cousins from the league. He flopped big time. No way. It's not the first time he's run over to Demarcus Cousins and flopped. He know Cousins has a rep. I mean, you got to give him credit. He's savvy. Right there, I man. totally agree. I totally agree. But one of the uh, when we were talking earlier this morning about who you're rooting for, and a lot of people said they're rooting against Paul, and someone sent us that uh, that quick little video clip from a regular season game where he it was even more flagrant than the the one in this playoffs, which was pretty bad in its own right. I read a thing once from Kobe, or I saw it. And he was talking about he studied where the referees, and I've brought this up before, uh-huh. he studied where the referees are on the floor, and he knew there was a certain spot over by the left elbow because of where the referees position themselves that he could get a little nudge a la Jordan, but do it so discreetly because they couldn't see where they were positioned, he studied that out to give himself, give the defender a little nudge to give him just a step or so, a half of an inch or whatever it was, to be able to get a better-looking shot. I thought that was genius. (laughs) It was genius. But somehow that's cheating. It's sneaky. Uh, But he put forth in Kobe's, you know, obviously his intelligence was so awesome that... He studied that out. So this, I that's like, if you're complaining about Chris Paul, it's like pulling over one dude on a freeway full of speeders. <laughs> yeah, so? <laughs> Fine, Wait. complain about him, but then complain about everybody. There is a lot of flopping going on in the NBA, and it's not just the foreign players. Wasn't that Dylan Brooks that one time at Utah? There was a yes. video of him. Yeah. Hopping three he steps He acted back like he got punched or yeah. right. a cannon hit him in the gut. It, it was a joke. And, and nobody it, was near him. There was nobody near him. And it's, it's been immortalized by Ute fans. They've all got it saved. And they anytime anything comes up, yeah, anything anytime comes up, I got, got it on Twitter multiple times from Ute fans. And we can't absolve Rudy Gobert, who has sold plenty. Of flops. Lots of players sell lots of flops. Yeah, I'm just saying, we can't... Brian Russell learned from yeah, John Stockton. This stuff is handed down from player to player. So, we're not immune to it here in Utah. You put the you, the other player's arm, you pinch it under your arm. When they shove you off to get clear, you flop back. There it is. And I gotta give the league credit because that James Harden moving the ball through and like somebody nicks your arm and then you go up for three, that was awful. But they corrected that. And I, and I I agree with Van Gundy and the Jazz do this incessantly. Any form, any form of a disadvantage, boom, they foul. On a fast break? It's not even really a fast break. It's yeah. just a disadvantage. On a mm-hmm. fast break, yes. Any type of transition, not, it's very obvious. I wouldn't the jazz even call are, it a fast break. The Jazz are killing play. Yeah, it could be yeah. like three on three, not a pure... Right. If it, Yeah. If you're just caught and there's any disadvantage in transition, commit the foul at midcourt. That's a better way to explain it. Yes, and that—that's not like it drives you, me nuts, but it does irritate me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you could just be cross matched. You could have enough players, but have them matched up on the wrong guy, and they you foul. Know, right, and Joe Ingles is looking at some point guard who's way quicker. To, never mind, just grab him 40, 60 feet yeah. from the hoop. And hey, it's within the rules, and you got Gobert, so of course you want your defense set up because yep. you got Gobert. And it's clearly been coached by Quinn Snyder and the staff. But it bothers clearly. me. Right. Well, transition basketball is fun. And nobody turns on the TV saying, I hope I can see some fouls tonight. <laughs> That's not happening. And, and the transition game is fun. But it, it's only fun when your transition game is annihilating the other guy. It's not fun when their transition game's crushing you. 
So I wonder if they'll have some rule to address that. Ultimately, I think they need it because it's about entertainment, and that's not entertaining. As long as it's legal, take advantage of it. But that's the kind of thing where you can coach it up during the season, and then you can go to the league meetings in the offseason and advocate to end it. You know, you'd have to make the penalty tougher. There's got to be some form of penalty, yeah. Right, and it becomes, you know, it's a free throw and a ball on the side, and then you start doing the math, and you're like, okay, that's not a no, good idea. You, We're not saving well, any points give the, here. A team, the team that got fouled, you give them an opportunity of a half-court shot to end the game. <laughs> Even these ridiculous things you do, man. <laughs> Boom. They take the half-court. If it goes in, end the game. But That's like the half-court shot to stop practice. Missing the half-court shot and ending the game is too much. So what you would do then, you could take advantage of it. you got an opportunity. You take a half-court shot. If it goes in, you win. Game over. But if you miss... The other team gets 10 points. Becomes either a free throw and a ball on the side. or (laughs) This is entertainment. Can you imagine that? How awesome it would be? You're down a couple starters, and your your team is gassed, so you put Ingles at the the half-court line, and he can do whatever he wants and just can't cross the half-court. And then you have the refs right there to make sure, like, it's not a fault and tennis to serve. You know what I mean? Come on, that'd be wildly entertaining. Who wouldn't want to see that? Uh, Other things we uh, mentioned this morning, Luka Doncic led Slovenia to the Olympics. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich is not going to the Olympics. He and his team got eliminated. Italy got through. Germany got through. Slovenia got through. Bogey's out. And the U.S. will win. That's what we assume. Oh, I guarantee it. Got Joe Ingles and Rudy Gobert to watch. Plus the U.S. So you got a rooting interest there with three of the 12 teams. Well, I hope Australia medals. And what was it last time? I'm sitting in a McDonald's parking lot in Oakland, California, watching them against Spain on my my uh, phone because it was for third place. Uh-huh. And I'm passionately, what were we doing here? <laughs> what do I care? But I was passionately rooting for Australia because of Joe, Joe comes on the radio. That they would get that medal. And, and I, they had one, if not both, Casals. And I can remember Spain won. And they just dogpiled out on midcourt. Like it was such a big deal for third place. It was way cool. And I was disappointed that the Australians did not... Uh, win because everybody knows from childhood me and Monson have been diehard Olivia Newton-John fans what so I oh I feel that intense connection and on Dick Harmon's birthday a few years back we went and saw Olivia Newton-John in Vegas I didn't really want to see the concert, but I wouldn't have minded watching you guys watch the concert. Oh, Gordon, man, he was biting his lower lip, and he was going to town. So it was the year of the BYU-Utah-Vegas game, right? Okay, yeah, the Vegas Bowl, right? Yeah, the Vegas Bowl. And so... uh, What are we, like five years removed from that now? Yeah, and it, Harmon's birthday. Let's get physical, yeah. physical. Oh, and these guys get up and dance, and their their shirts come up because they got big guts, and they're right in the front row. Uh. <laughs> and so Gordon, and it's Harmon's birthday, and he's got a friend who's got free ticks, and the, he calls me saying, hey, "You want to go to the show?" And I say, "Yeah, I'm sitting in a hotel room by myself, of course." <laughs> and so then Monson calls me, "Hey, what's going on?" I said. And I'm going to see Olivia Newton-John tonight. Yeah, yeah. Can you give me some ticks? And he's here. 
and it's like two o'clock, three o'clock. <laughs> He's got a bust all the way down there. <laughs> He's driving down with his wife, and so I tell him, I said, "Well, and it's at the, I think the Tropicana where Don and Marie did, but they were dark that night, so she, Don uh, Marie is buddies with uh, Olivia, and so she would sub." You follow me? Yeah. We're not going too fast for you, Ivan. Right, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, the only thing that blows my mind is that Marie Osmond is friends with Olivia Newton-John. True story. But it, well, it makes sense. Kind of same entertainment. generation. Entertainment. Yeah. yeah. It's not that big and a circle. So, so I okay. tell him, I said, well, okay, I'll call. Call Harmon. He says, yeah. Just tell him he's got to be outside the Tropicana by 7 o'clock. Because I ain't waiting. Right. The I'm show going in to see the seven, show. Right? And so I tell him that. Well, I show up about... 20 to 7, Gordon is already there. He's standing there. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. We need to get Gordon on one day and ask him how fast he went through that Virgin Oh, he broke 90. speed records, man. 90. Well, the Virgin River Gorge, that night, the canyon area, I just want to know what he was doing through there. 95. He got, you know, gravity, Vegas, you park in the parking lots, take you 20 minutes to walk from the parking That's a lot good point. into yeah. the casinos. So he was, uh, those are good I guess hikes. Gordon was doing 100 then. <laughs> He was he was already there, and so then Harmon shows up with his friend, and so that would have been what the five of us? No, two, three, yeah, five of us because nope. my wife was home. No bathroom break in Mesquite. No, no, my goodness, they Keep set going. land records, man. No more Beaver. No, thank you. And they got there. I mean, you probably shouldn't have said that with Oliva Newton John, but they got there. <laughs> And I would have gone St. George, uh, uh, what is that, uh, Littlefield, you know, as you come in from the Arizona town right there. <laughs> that's that's the towns I would have named, but, you know. Uh, but anyway, so he got there. And then the guy had free Caesar's Palace buffet afterward. Oh, even better. But I had to get up and do the show the next morning. Oh. So I begged off because I was doing the show from the hotel room. So I Nothing begged like off. like a midnight buffet. For the- <laughs> I begged off the food, but I guess they had a feast afterward. So I believe it was probably Monson's uh, one of his top five nights all time in his life. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm already sorry that got brought up. <laughs> Let's get physical. Physical. <laughs> Oh, and she was dancing. She had an evening gown. It was great, man. And it was all for free, too. Man, I can't beat it. I mean, I wish it would have been the buffet earlier so I could have taken advantage. But I, I, I had to get my beauty rest. And I and Well, you that, can root hard for Australia in these Olympics. One more for, thing. For that Joe night, and Olivia. I, felt, I slept so soundly because I was so happy. Good. <laughs> well, never mind. I had a point to make, but... It, who is Australia play? Germany, Italy, Nigeria, and it's three groups of four. Okay, Germany. So okay, so they okay, can win it. the group. They could win, win the group. group. Australia can win the group. Germany, Germany, Italy, Italy Nigeria. Top to advance, and Man. two of the three third place teams will advance. The problem is you get a really hard quarterfinal game if you finish third. Okay, so that should be Australia, and then either Germany or Italy. I would kind of think that Australia and Italy play for 1-2, Germany 3, Nigeria 4, but I don't follow it that close. Germany doesn't have much of a history. Australia and Italy do. That left Schramp? Christian Welv? Nowitzki couldn't get him to the Olympics. I mean, come on. Boris Becker? (laughs) Hey, put some respect on Dennis Schroeder's name. Who else is on that? Put some respect on. Who else is on the German team? (laughs) 
I don't know. Schroeder's the guy Schroeder's who comes to mind one, right, yeah. right away. Yeah. I, I don't know. Oh, Maxi Kleber, who plays for the Dallas Mavericks as well. He's their four normally in their lineup. And don't discount Nigeria because Ike Diago is playing the former Sun Devil at 37 years of age. He'll turn 38 on September 11th, the 20th anniversary, and also BYU-Utah in football. The Cougars try to be their Phoenix version of the Phoenix Suns and coming out of nowhere after 11 years and finally winning. Australia could win that group. It's there. It's there for the taking. They're they got littered l- with all sorts of uh, NBA, NBA players, guys, right? I heard Exum made the team. Oh, yeah? Okay. He's probably going to miss the first game. You making a joke? Yeah. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> I have no idea. But I saw he made the team. Okay. I hope we can ever someday find his health. Yeah. Other topics on the table. The Dallas Cowboys, third appearance on HBO Hard Knocks. First time I've had Hard Knocks while the Cowboys are on it. Do I really want to watch training camp? Is it that exciting? People talk this show up. I've never well, watched it. Yeah, I should got watch HBO it if you've now. never seen it. I've yeah. seen it just being in hotels. Yeah. And uh, I don't watch have, guys I get personally cut. don't have HBO. It has some decent moments in it. I have no pay it's for view. Overwhelming anything. endorsement. No. <laughs> well, it, it's literally guys. Bring your playbook. They have the feel good stories about guys who make the team. Other guys Maybe who some stuff think uh, might make. And Prescott's cut. back from the major injury. Yep. Yeah. And so I mean, that's a drafted story him in my line. fantasy last year. That helped my team. He's. The goal is not to finish last, because then you have to be the commissioner the next year. He, uh, you know, I hope for his return to health and see what happens. They've got great receivers, a great running back. They should be competitive. Shouldn't they be a threat to win the I division? I think they're a playoff team. Well, yeah, because the division's terrible. You think they're a playoff team? Because the division's terrible. I think they should win the division. Is so, the, yes, they're a playoff the division team. division terrible? Yes. What about my pigskins? Terrible. Terrible? Talk about they won the division last year, and it was terrible. Nobody had a winning yep. record. Yeah, but that's because Smith didn't play. He played it when he played. They won, and now he's retired, so he's right. not going to bail him out this year. Washington won the division at seven and nine last year. The Giants and Cowboys were six and ten. Prescott's back. I would think the Cowboys uh, now to get a seventeenth game too. So I would think they're a ten win team. Well, then you should watch Hard Knocks even more. You're going to watch a playoff team. And by, hey, can we come over? Sure. Well, that was a not you, exactly. You do not want to come over sure. to watch Hard Knocks. Just making it up for the radio. Why not? I don't got HBO. I don't make that kind of cash. Because you want to sit at home and watch your Diamondbacks. You pay extra Not anymore. For I haven't watched them in weeks. They <laughs> suck. Too many losses, huh? No, I go to the MLB Network or ESPN or Fox or whatever other games. Yeah, FS1, baby. Yeah. They'll get you a game. I'll watch those games. I ain't watching these These dogs. guys. They suck. <sighs> Nah, the Cubs. Now they suck. Ten straight losses under five hundred. They were just a, a competitor for the division title. Yeah, ten straight. Yeah, you're right, man. Uh, David Ross. You know, the good thing about David Ross, I'm driving in this morning and I got on my satellite and the Kenny Chesney station, he does a thing where he has guest DJs. And this morning, and it's taped, like I told you Eli and Peyton did it a while back. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hannah Storm did it. And this morning, they had David Ross doing it. Really? Yeah. Well, there you go. Pretty cool. You get your own station, and then you get people to sub in and do the work for you. Does he do it with them, or do they no, do no, it No, no, no. They of just do an hour, 
and they tell their stories related to Kenny, mm-hmm. and, and then they play whatever tunes that they want to play, and if they have a story behind it, Peyton, who's just a PR dream. Right. I mean, he's got extended stories. I told you he's wild that uh, Kenny played, he came to visit him. Peyton was cleaning out his apartment or house when he was getting ready to leave Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Kenny's a big Tennessee fan. So he invites Peyton or uh, Kenny over in the backyard. Kenny brings his guitar. They start playing. He said, next thing you know, they got like 500 people trying to get in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Because he had a little impromptu Pey- get Peyton's together. so good at the media thing. Yeah. He's so good at the late night talk show thing. He does these uh, little mini documentaries for uh, ESPN Plus that are really good. They, yeah. I, they, they ran some of them during the Peyton's pandemic place. when there were no games. Yeah. They did one on the history of the football and how it's changed shape over time. That was outstanding. Um, he was on SNL once, and they did a thing where he went against type, and he was quarterbacking these little kids, and he was a total tyrant in a park in New York. It was hilarious. And I saw him on one of the late-night shows do an interview about it, and they were like, seriously, how, you, you hit a kid in the back of the head with a football, like a six-year-old kid, and you just zinged him from 30 yards and knocked him down. He said, well, the trick was it was a Nerf ball, and they painted it to look like a real football. And he said, but it was windy in the park that day. And he said, I had to hit this kid in the back of the head. And the whole thing was the kid couldn't be looking. So I had hit- Central Park? I think so, yeah. And it was like Buddy the Elf with the snowballs. And he said, I had to throw this Nerf football 30 yards into the wind. It was without question the greatest throw of my career. And he got a huge laugh with it because he just knows. He well, just he's knows the how MJ to, of football. He just knows how to deliver that stuff. So there's nothing Peyton can't do at this point. All right, DJ and PK, when we come back, your feedback, a long list of people who are not rooting for Chris Paul, and they will tell us why next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Chris Paul is like the biggest whiner in the NBA. It is so annoying to watch him play. I remember him complaining to the refs because somebody had their jersey out, and I'm pretty sure they got a technical. It's annoying. There's several reasons I cheer against Chris Paul. He's a whiner, a flopper, a cheater, a dirty player. I can't stand watching him play. Who wants to watch a guy that's always trying to cheat win a championship? So there's a couple people with their takes using our app. Always trying to cheat. Whiner. And he did get a technical foul on someone for an untucked jersey. That's that's true. You remember so that correctly. So he's adhering to rules. He is. Yes, he is. By the uh, that's very respect. letter of the law. And I'm a letter of the law guy. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty G's in here now. <laughs> Scotty. Scotty's like, yeah, as long as it serves your purpose. Until well, I'm you, not. Yeah, that makes me like every Agreed. other person born. I agree. <laughs> ever met a more spirit of the law person? It's you. <laughs> no way. Let him have it, Scotty. There's one standard that we all must adhere to, and I adhere to it. Mine. <laughs> and your standard is versatile. Yes. Very well, fluid. That, fluid. fluid. That, that's the essence Morally of Utah flexible. State. There you go. Yeah. You tell me not to bring it up, and then you do. Oh, yeah. I was just talking about PK. Oh, okay. All right. Good. At least I have morals. They're flexible. So you're rooting for the Bucks because of Sam Merrill. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be cool to see 
see Sam, some local guys get, get, a, a ring. get a ring. Yeah. yeah, I'm rooting them because of Eli Bryant. Elijah Bryant, the former Cougar. 25- and 26-year-old rookies from BYU. I'm rooting for them for Patty Imus. What? My sister. Okay. (laughs) Husband and distant cousin to Dawn. I was going to say, is there any relation there? There is. Yeah. Get any of that money? It's not. It it wasn't a tight, but there was some. Yeah. Yes. So this comes back to what I corrected myself to on Chris Paul. What? A week ago, when I said there's no chance people ruined for him. And I said, well, I had someone point oh, out to me. You called him an a-hole. He, he's Whoa. a bleep. I called him a bleep. I did not say that. I said bleep. I edited myself. But well, That's what you meant. And we've gotten, it is, <laughs> it is. I totally agree. And Jeez. we've gotten a lot of that. Here's Josh. I will never root for Chris Paul! Exclamation point. Man, that's a lot of emotion. At the same Why time, not? there's people, there's a lot of people who like him. And it's why I came back later in the show. I said he's divisive. It's not unanimous. He wouldn't have the State Farm commercial if there weren't a lot of people who liked him and rooted for him. True. So it's not about rooting for the for Chris Paul. It's rooting for the story of the Suns. It's a great story. From worst to first, sucking for a decade. Yeah, five years. Monty of, Williams losing his wife like five yeah. years ago in a in a car accident. Yep. Suns basically have been a twenty-two and sixty team for the last five years. I mean, the first five in that run, first six in that there run. There's no way I'm rooting for Frank Kaminsky. <laughs> Come on. We have gotten, Scotty, we have gotten some Jay Crowder uh, fans saying I'm rooting for Jay. All right. They want to hey, ring for the Jay, former Jazz junkyard man. dog man, bouncing around the league, yep. second round pick. He's a success story unto himself. Back-to-back finals, right? He was on Miami's team. He was on Miami's team last they, year. They, they discarded the him. Yeah. Goes to Phoenix, a team that hadn't made the playoffs in 11 years. How do you not like this story? I'm very disappointed in you people. <laughs> you people? No, you, comma, people. Not you people. I don't talk like you. Whoa. Stop. <laughs> we'll have none of that. <laughs> Too late. You are very never... disappointed in you people. Not you, you people. the listeners. People. I'm speaking generally, yes. Okay. If you root against the Suns, my hometown team. I've been a fan of theirs since 67. Well, you can be disappointed in Travis because he says, too much whining, exclamation point. Monty Williams does not whine. No, we're talking about Chris Paul. <laughs> but who doesn't whine in the NBA? They're all a bunch of whiners. I mean, that's just part of the gig. Trying to get the next call. Yeah. Just doing business, that's all. Same reason people are flopping all over the place. Yeah. Well, it seems like call. in the playoffs is exasperated because stakes are much higher. Yes. Agreed. But across the board, though. I agree. Yeah, it's not. No, no I agree. It's not a random game in December or January. Yeah. Yeah. And so I appreciate that because if it means more, that means they're playing harder and it counts and everything. But you hate the flopping. Then call it. I'm with you on that. Have some dude. I think that. New I think York, the thing watching yeah. it and saying, like, and and my home where, state. See, I wasn't going to say it because I know you emphasize certain parts of that word. That but they could, they, see? they could review everything and be fine in those. <laughs> you are something, isn't he? Yeah. Wait, what, me? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Gordon. Wait, what, me? <laughs> you all right? I learned it from watching you. <laughs> no, come on. Say it like you really sell it. You're the best. Who taught you? Who taught you how to do this? You all right? I learned it from watching you. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, that kind of hurt. So I do the impressions 
of you doing that, and now my kids are doing impressions of me doing impressions of you doing it's, <laughs> it's catching on. The good thing about me is I'm the purest guy we have on this station. Well, the bar's not set that high. I know, you guys. Oh, man, sometimes I just wonder. <laughs> You're just making stuff up, just throwing random phrases against the wall. It doesn't even mean anything. Well, when in Rome. <laughs> Regardless. Yeah, my mother's Italian. My father was, my grandfather was born in Italy. All right, before we get the whole family tree, we're going to take a break. and we come back, is Hans going to join you today? Hans will be here. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. All right, Scotty and Hans are coming up next. The greatness of Sam Merrill for four hours. <laughs> next on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.